By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together, we make BS. And even more on Fridays, right? I love Fridays. TGIF. And I just... Hold on, I got a problem with my headphones. Okay, there they are. Okay, and... Is it the, is it the head between the ear things? Yeah, it's the head between the phones. That's what the problem is with my headphones. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's exactly I, what it is. I just uh, snorted. You make me snort. It is Friday. Uh, it is Friday. Shelly's already been out and about this morning. Seriously out and about. We'll talk about that later this hour. Um, also, a couple things news-wise... We're probably going to talk about someplace at time, uh, but I want to give you a little perspective in this. Uh, the Queen of England died yesterday, okay? She Which is did. very sad. She was 96. She was the queen for 70 years. She has met every single American president since Harry S. Truman. Think cool. about think about that for a minute. Harry yes. S. Truman, if you did don't know. Did she meet Biden? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry S. Truman was the president after uh, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt died in 19, what, 1944, 1943, 1944, during the end of World War II. And Harry S. Truman, who was the only president from the state of Missouri, grew up in Independence, Missouri, on the other side of the state, and is famous or infamous, as some people would say, the only president, matter of fact, the only leader in the history, the modern history of the world to deploy not one but two nuclear weapons during which essentially ended the world war against Japan a little history lesson there but uh 70 years now what's in- interesting about this as far as women are concerned the way things are with the british monarchy there will probably not be another queen for 100 to 200 years really yes and it's Why? i don't i don't it's the succession thing i don't totally understand it you know, I don't so understand. So Charles is the king. Yes, he's now he's King Charles the third because apparently there were two other Charles. So he's King Charles the third. Three comes after. And two. his wife is <laughs> I don't know. She's I don't know what her term is. But and, Camilla. Yes, but did th- he marry Camilla? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But think about this. He could have been the king, and Princess Diana could have been the queen. Yes. Or no, well, she wouldn't have been the queen. Was she been the queen? No, she wouldn't have been the queen. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. But, I mean, you know, and she's been dead for like 40 years now or some she crazy has. things like that. Is that crazy or what? Just tragic. I mean. Really. I mean, really, what a hold, what a waste of a human. I, I don't want to say that and not have anything to back that up. Let me go take a look at this. Princess Diana. Um, I It might not have I been 40 years. I remember that like it was yesterday. I know it was back in the well, 40 years, maybe 30 years. Uh I try, try They've really f- slid by, haven't they? The years? Maybe 30 years. Might have been early 90s. Let me see. Princess Diana. P-R-I-N-C-E-S-S. And look this one. Because this is going to drive me nuts if I don't find this. Uh, Frosty. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. i got to do something since she sent that. You threw me off my game here. Princess well, don't Diana. don't do it because we're talking about the princess. Um, Wales. Oh, 1997. So she's been gone for 25 years. 25 years. 
Yeah. She was born July first uh, of July, nineteen sixty-one. She died thirty-first of August, nineteen ninety-seven. So essentially, just a couple of weeks ago, or actually just 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 last week, just like like last well, last last Wednesday was the twenty-fifth uh, anniversary of her death. Yes, it would have been twenty-five years, nineteen ninety-seven. Anyway, you know, it's interesting. Um, a lot of people in the United States are fascinated by royalty, and what's interesting is we got rid of royalty because if you know the history of our country, we rebelled against being ruled by the monarchs uh, from England because that's who essentially owned the United States at the time, uh, the 13 colonies, and we had the Revolutionary War against the king of England, and now a lot, so many people are fascinated by that. But, you know, it's sort of interesting. Uh, you know, I... I I'm fascinated by history, and sometimes you read things. I read this article the other day about World War One, not World War Two, World War One, when England had this incredible navy. I mean, they they fought the Germans in World War One and in World War Two, but in World War One, they had this incredible navy, and they were the largest navy in the world. And now, like, they've shrunk to like practically nothing, you know. And and another interesting thing. I, I found some history that I didn't realize. Do you know, we always think about how we like get along with Canada. Canada's like our buddy. Did you know there was a period of time back in the 70s and early 80s when the United States and Canada were like really not in good, re, good relationship with each other? They were mad at each other and there was very little cooperation with each other. And you know how I found that out? How? Watching this movie about D.B. Cooper. You know who D.B. Cooper was? I do. Right. And there's They're all, still wondering if he's still alive. There's all sorts of theories about him, you know, of who he was and things like that. And one of the theories was he was a Canadian. And one of the theories was he was one of the Canadian elite forces. And this was to get back at the United States. I mean, some weird, I mean, you know, like, what? And the, the, other, the other crazy thing about it is in Canada, there was this, and the reason they say, because they say he, he, there were things he asked for, he asked for, a, you know, when he asked for the ransom, if you know the whole D.B. Cooper story, he hijacked a plane and then jumped out of the plane with the money. And when he requested the money, he asked for it in, in, in American currency. Now, if you're on a United States flight, a flight that took, out of, I think said, uh, took off out of Seattle, and you're flying along and you're going to hijack the plane, aren't you going to say, hey, I want $200,000 in $20 bills? No, he says he wanted $200,000 in negotiable American currency. Doesn't that sound like someone who's not an American? You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, but the other, and the other interesting thing was there was this famous comic book hero in, in, in Canada called Dan Cooper. And the interesting thing was, originally they, they you know, when and and the, he went on the plane. He never called himself D.B. Cooper. He called himself Dan Cooper. But yet the press picked up some press organization, AP or UPI, back in the day, picked up the fact that his initials were supposedly D.B. Cooper, and that's how we know him as. But that he never went by that when he when he hijacked the plane. So the idea being is he asked for the money in American negotiable American currency and. He called himself Dan Cooper, who was a comic book hero in Canada, not in the United States. And Dan Cooper was this this hero who flew every kind of plane. And there's actually a comic strip of Dan Cooper jumping out of a passenger airplane. So they think that he was Canadian because of the fact that the Canadians knew the Dan Cooper story. And that's how he called himself Dan Cooper. And that was sort of like, and I, oh, the deal was, the reason they think it was because the Canadians at one point in time had a very big military. And back in the, uh, the, the, the late 60s and early 70s, 
they really, 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 because the new government came in and people didn't want to have wars anymore, and in Canada, and they got rid of a bunch of service people, and they got rid of like 500 pilots. And supposedly, they think that this guy that pulled it off was a pilot that was fired by the Canadian government when they downsized the Canadian Air Force. So essentially, he hijacked this plane, called himself Dan Cooper, and drove to Seattle, got on the plane there, you know, took the money, and then went back to Canada and spent the money. And the reason that they never traced any of the money, except for money they found in the river, that's a whole other story, uh, that uh, he spent the money in Canada, where nobody would have traced it. Isn't that weird? It, it is very odd, actually. Anyway, we'll talk about that weird stuff later. So he... They still think he's alive, right? Well, there's there's a couple of guys. If you watch this thing, it's been on. I think it's been on Netflix or something like that. It's called. I think called. It's called Dan Cooper. Where are you? There. It's come down to. I did not even know that that was the same. Yes. Situation. Right. It's come down to two or three main people. Only one of them who's alive. Now, keep in mind, this happened in 1971, which was essentially, you know, in November of, I think, November 1st of 1971. So it's coming up in 51 years ago. So in other words, even if the guy, and they and they say at the time, they estimated his age between 30 and 40. Okay, so if you do the math on that, and you say, okay, let's say he was 30, the low end and, and the range, he was he'd be 81 now. And if it was 40, he'd be 91 right now. And there are... Three people, they sort of narrowed it down to three people, and only one of them is alive. And what's interesting was he won't talk. And the other guy is sort of an interesting character. One of them they think it's a friend, is a Canadian guy. The other thing, think there's an American guy. He's still alive. And the, the, thir- the third guy just died a couple years ago in 2019. And he has an interesting past where he, <laughs> you, you talk about an interesting past. This guy was in and out of jail. He did crazy stuff. He was He was a... A, a decorated war hero in the Vietnam War, but then got thrown out of the military. He was a helicopter pilot. He was, uh, then at one point in time, he was a paratrooper. So in other words, he had parachute training, um, and he got in all sorts of trouble. And at one point in time, they're almost positive he killed his stepfather and was wow. and was, was tried for the death of his stepfather and was acquitted and had all these things, he was running drugs and he was stealing planes. And the reason they think it was him is because at one point in time, they're pretty sure he worked for the CIA. He was one of the pilots who was flying what they called the uh, with the Air America, which was, if you've ever watched that movie, uh, the Tom Cruise movie where it plays the guy who actually did work for the CIA and flew drugs back and forth between Colombia. You know, our government is so messed up in so many things. There are so many things our federal government's been involved with. And you go like, what? They were, they had a, their own, you know, and, and in, in Vietnam, there was all sorts of CIA operatives in Vietnam doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Technically, well, not technically, but legally, highly illegal things, you know, in Vietnam. It's just sort of weird. You know, and go like, okay. You know, we we look at the Russian government like, oh, the KGB. There's a bunch of guys. They don't even call the KGB anymore because that's what Putin was in. Putin was a KGB agent, and they're saying, oh, look at all the terrible things the KGB did. Guess what? The CIA did just as many, if not more, crazy stuff than that. So anyway, that's your history lesson for this morning. Thank you, uh, Professor Brad. And by the way, BTW. By the way, I'm going to go forward and say this right now. I'm going to step out way on this limb right here, and I hear the tree cracking as I walk out on this I limb. I do, too, just by what you're saying. The new server was cut over last night 
at a probably about, I think we finally got it done at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock last night. I was working late last night. And um, westplex.social should be up and running and should be much quicker, much faster, and hopefully won't crash. So if you hear the ads, and I got to kill them, they're still on the station. I didn't, I didn't, already had done the logs for this morning, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't kill the ads. If you hear the ads talking about, please don't use it, use it and try it. Westplex.social. It's our own social media site. And even more than ever, because why did we put our own social media site up? Because of the fact I did this because Facebook is a big baby. Because Shelly got, mm-hmm. Shelly got her hand slapped and her, her elbow slapped and her forearm slapped and her shoulder slapped. I mean, you got, you didn't just get a hand slap. You got slapped. No, up. I didn't. You got, I mean, and it still shows up. You, you've been warned. You, it looks like you've been with Ike Turner. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, did I say that? <laughs> I don't understand what that meant. You don't know what that meant? No. You know who Tina Turner is? Yes, I know who Tina Turner is. Her late husband was called, his name was Ike Turner. I know that. What and does that have to do with me? In the movie, she got beaten, beaten the daylights out of her by her husband, Ike. Oh, so you think Facebook is spanking me? <laughs> Facebook treated you like Ike Turner would treat Tina. Get it? Well, that's a whole nother issue. They beat you and you didn't deserve it. No, they slapped me. If they would have beat me, they would have put me in Facebook jail, which BTW, I have never been in. Even when I posted the famous Well, you got you got in you got in the Chamber of Commerce jail at that point in time. Yes, I did. (laughs) Which (laughs) got a letter and everything. Which which did you get a letter from the chamber? I did. Seriously? Really? And how come Brian Richardson doesn't give letters from the chamber? I don't even want to talk about it. Instead, he gets awards. It's a Friday. Why ruin it? (laughs) Okay. We're going to take a break. Let's play some music. Westplex.social. Check it out. Westplex.social. Check it out. Westplex.social. Check it out. And join and and use it. And unless you do something really bad, we we won't punish you. Okay? Right. It's 628. Girl, you know it's true. Ooh, ooh, okay, how long ooh. do I have? I oh. love that song. <laughs> it just makes you tap your toes and makes you feel all loved and gushy and stuff. Is that what it does? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Our younger listeners may go, who was that? I know. I know. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. I know. But these, it doesn't matter because it's Friday. With these two look good-looking dudes. I think from England. Weren't they from England? I don't know. And they, that was Millie Vanilli, right? Yeah, Millie Vanilli. Two look good-looking dudes from England. Very handsome. Right, and uh, turned out they were fakes. <laughs> turned out they didn't really sing. It was another guy, and it was a big hoax because of the fact that some record producer wanted to have these two good-looking guys, and they actually won. They won an award. I think they won like record of the year or something like that. From because they had blame it on the rain. Well, yeah, yeah. They had a bunch of hits. Let me look at huh? this. They had a bunch of hits. I'm trying to think. They really did. The one guy's name was like, what was his name? He had a weird name. You know what I'm talking about? His name was Mro or something like crazy like that. Let me look I don't at know. This. I never knew. I only knew him as Millie Vanilli. They will always be Millie Vanilli to and me. And where'd you come up with a great name? Okay, German, okay, German-French R&B duo from Munich. Group was founded by Frank Farian in 1988 and considered a Fab, that's his name, Fab, F-A-B, Fab Morvan and Rob Pilatus, P-A-L-A-T-U-S. 
They, their debut, All or Nothing in Europe, re- reconfigured as Girl You Know It's True in the United States, achieved international success and brought them a Grammy Award for Best New Artist on 21st of February 1990. That was the I deal. actually remember that. 32 years ago. Wow. They I be- know. Dude, I'm 58 years old. I still don't know how that happened. They became one of the most popular pop acts in the late 1980s, early 90s, with millions really of records did. sold. However, their success turned to infamy when it was discovered that Morvan and Pilatus did not sing any of the vocals in their music releases. They ended up returning their Grammy Award for Best New Artist. They recorded a comeback album in 1998 titled Back and in Attack, but its release was canceled after Pilatus died at the age of 32. Isn't that bizarre? Really? Okay. I did not know that. From 1989 to 1991, Beth Miller McCarthy, then executive with MTV, says the duo's English language skills, when they came in for their first interview with the channel, stirred doubts among those present as to whether they sung on their records. The first public sign that the group was lip syncing came on 21st of July 1989 during a live performance on MTV at the Lake Compounds theme park in Bristol, Connecticut, as they performed a heart. I remember this. As they performed a hard drive issue called the recording of the song, Girl, You Know It's True, the one we just played, to jam and skip repeatedly playing the partial line, Girl, You Know It's, Girl, You Know It's, Girl, You Know It's, through the speakers. She says, I knew right then and there it was the beginning of the end for Millie Vanilli, recalled Pilatus of the incident. When my voice got stuck in the computer and it kept repeating and repeating, I panicked. I didn't know what to do. That's according to, um, uh, she said that, that, Pilatus ran off the stage and said that. With a bit of pushing and screaming and a couple of F-words, I think as well, I got them back out there, Brown explained on VHN's Behind the Music. Despite the mishap, the concert audience seemed neither to care nor even to notice, and the concert continues if nothing unusual had happened. <laughs> that is so funny. And they were really good-looking dudes. Oh, both, they were They were well, um, that was... African-American, they were dark-skinned, and they had... Um, like long braids and they wore leather like Rick James and it was just they were just good see what's interesting about that that is another example of things you could not get away with in the internet era you know what I mean I mean back yes. I mean, now, yes, I do. now they <laughs> would they would be found out in like 22 seconds people go there that's bull here's all here i googled it here's where they were born neither of them can sing you know the producer is a scam artist you know everybody know everything about him like 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 that keep in mind this is like although the internet was around between 18 uh, 1989 and 1991 because remember i've had be actually had people call me a liar when i said i put my first website up in 1993 which i did i'm coming up in 30 years and being on the web can you believe that next year it'll be 30 years uh anyway and at the time i had the number one website traffic wise in st louis it was our traffic site with traffic reporting number one we get back in the 90s we would get in one day hundreds of thousands of hits hundreds of thousands of hits now nowadays you know it's not unusual for somebody to put up like something and get a million hits like bang, you know, a couple hours. But back in the day, and it was interesting, the only, I still remember this, the guy who did the the server for us, he had this thing on it, and he told us, he had this little program we could run, and it told us where these hits were coming from. And it was all the big corporations in St. Louis, Anheuser-Busch at the time, McDonnell Douglas, you know, A.G. Edwards, all these companies are gone, which is sort of sad. Uh, but anyway, that was that was, and it was all these people, and we had huge afternoon traffic because these people were sitting in their office. Because back in the day, not too many people had home internet, 
you know, back in the early 90s, you had it, if you had internet, you had it at work. You didn't have it at home. If you did have it at home, it was like some cranky old stupid little 15K dial-up or something like that. Uh, but, you know, we had like, I mean, it was like, holy cow. And the crazy thing was we couldn't make a penny on it because of the fact that we would try to sell ads on it. People go like, internet, what's that? A website? What's that? People do is what? This is what it is. You've got mail. Yeah, people. Well, that that was even before AOL really got big. I don't think AOL. Oh, really? I think I don't think AOL came along to like '95 or '96. Hey, let me look that. Look now, I'm going to be curious about that. Let me see. I'm going to. I bet you any money, America Online did come along because, and people who don't remember that period don't remember the fact that every time you open your mailbox, there was a disc in there for America Online. Remember that? Yep, I do. America AOL. Okay, let me see. Um, I still think floppy disks are cool. Hold on a minute. Um, yes, as AOL was one of the early pioneers of the internet in the mid 1990s. So yep. essentially, it wasn't until hold it, the smartest woman in the world, I think, just texted me. She's got the exact. You had to dial it in, right? Dial up modem, uh, a dial up uh, modem. You did. Right. Do, do, do. All that kind of stuff. God, the things. <laughs> 19, no. AOL wasn't on it. She says 1985. The comp- the predecessor to AOL, it's, it talks about the history. The predecessor, the company originally started in, in it's called, it was really called Control Video Corporation from 83 to 85. Then it was Quantum Computer Services from 85 to 91. Then it was America Online from 91 to 2009. Well, maybe it was. 1990, according to this, America Online, 1991. Um, uh, I don't think it was a big deal. Uh, the services placed its history in online service known as PlayNet. PlayNet licenses software to Quantum Link, which went online in November of 1985. A new IBM PC launched in 1988, eventually renamed as America Online in 89. AOL grew to become the largest online service, displacing established players like CompuServe and The Source. By 1995, oh no, here we go. By 1995, AOL had about 3 million active users. 3 million active users. Think about that. That would be like... MySpace. Well, 3 million users would be like the city of St. Louis or St. Louis Metro and half of Kansas City. So that would be, and, and you know, that uh, 3 million users would be like a city probably the size of like Pittsburgh or something like that because Pittsburgh's larger than us. I don't know. I Are mean, they? Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh is, they're bigger than huh. us. I still remember MySpace. I loved MySpace. Well, that's still around. Is it? Oh, yeah, you can go there. It's it's. I wonder if my MySpace page is... It's still up. It's a zombie page right now. If you go to here, I'll look at it right now. There's uh, MySpace.com. There is. MySpace is not still up. I'm looking at it right now. MySpace.com. It's got, it's got, uh, it's it's like a news site. Bikini Kill details 2022 summer tour. Who's Bikini Kill? Do you know who Bikini Kill is? Let's find out who. No, I know nothing about uh, Bikini Kill is kicking off their long-awaited international tour next month. Boy, I've been waiting for Bikini Kill. The run was initially set for. <laughs> okay, let me see who is Bikini Kill. This is the top story on MySpace. Bikini Kill is a girl group. Um, looks like all girls, and looks like the kind of girls you'd want to take your mom, take home to your mom. Hey, mom, look at my new girlfriend. She plays in this band called Bikini Kill. Bikini Kill. What kind of a what kind of a group is that? It sounds like it's a well woman's group. 
Well, it is. That's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's pictures of it. Bikini kill. <laughs> Who's Tom York? Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me look at let me look at let me look at let me look on Wikipedia. Let me find out who Bikini Kill is. See, people are going like the people out there are going like these old folk. He's on the radio. Everybody knows who Bikini Kill is. Do you know who Bikini Kill is? Bikini. No. Bikini Kill. Hold on. Here it is. American punk rock group. American punk rock group formed in Olympia, Washington, in October of 1990. The group consisted of singer and songwriter Kathleen Hanna, guitarist Billy Karen, bassist Kathy Wilcox, and drummer Toby Vale. The band pioneered the Riot Girl movement, R-I-O-T-G-R-R-R-L movement. Did you ever know what the Riot Girl movement was? No. Let's look at that. The, okay, we have to, where are we at time-wise? Let me look at this real quick. The Riot Girl movement is an underground feminist punk movement that began during the early 1990s within the United States in Olympia, Washington, and the greater Pacific Northwest, and was had expanded to at least 26 other countries. Riot Girl is a subculture movement that combines feminism, punk music, and politics. It's often often associated with third wave feminism, which is sometimes seen as having grown out of the riot girl movement and has recently been seen in fourth wave feminist punk music that rose in the 2010s. Man, I am so out of it. I have never even heard of riot girl. (laughs) Bikini kill, riot girl. God, the things I don't know about, you know? (laughs) I do. And the things we learn here on this show, isn't it bizarre? It is. And this is like a typical day for me where I go off in these stupid rabbit rabbit holes and go like, Riot Girl, Bikini Kill, I got to find out more. What's going on with Riot Girl? That's Riot Girl. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to go see the Bikini Kill in concert. Of course you are. It's 646. It is Westplex. What is it? Westplex1071.com. No, <laughs> who are we? It's BS.show. That's who we are. Who are we? And, you know, I, I, I play that old song because of the fact that it's got a trombone in it. You just don't hear music with trombones anymore. And I'm an old trombone player. I'm old, and I used to play trombone. You know, I don't I don't know what happened to my trombone. I think my brother. You can get one off a of marketplace. I think my brother stole it. My brother. You know, it's, it's a very personal thing when you wear someone's horn. I think you've said that before. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Okay. And it's true. Here we're going back in computer stuff. The smartest woman in the world reminded me of Prodigy. Do you remember Prodigy? I do not. Prodigy was came around in 1984, and Prodigy was described by the New York Times as family-oriented and one of the big three information services in 1994. Get this. Initially, subscribers using personal computers accessed the Prodigy service by means of copper wire telephone, POTS, in other words, your landline, yeah. Uh, service or dial-up. For its initial rollout, Prodigy used 1,200 bits per second modem connections. Okay, do you have any idea how slow 1,200 bits per second is? We're talking like people are now getting internet in their homes through some of the new, uh, like like uh, Mike Elam's company. I think they are giving you one gig, one gig service. One gig meaning a billion Bits per second. A billion trillion dollars. Okay, you got K, K, which is is thousand. <laughs> you got M, which is million, and G, gig, which is billion. So in other words, they used to do internet at twelve hundred bits per second. Yes, they did. That's like you driving your car. That's like me driving my car on the interstate at like 
a tenth of a mile an hour. You know what I mean? Everybody else is like Shelly's well, passing. Well, you're doing 40. <laughs> Shelly's, so Shelly's passing me like a, at 100. That. I'm doing a tenth of a mile an hour. God, this is so bizarre. Anyway, yeah, it talks anybody about. Anybody would pass you doing the speeds that you drive. Prodigy offered low cost 2400 bit per second internal motives describers at a discount. The company claimed it was the first consumer online service citing its graphical user interface and basic architecture. A GUI. As, yes, as differentiation from CompuServe, which started in 1979 and used command line interface. God, this is bizarre. You know, and, and what's interesting about this is. We have gotten so spoiled by things. You know, you are holding in your hand the your Ronco Foldomatic. I am. I have in my hand a which now is outdated since Apple came out with the 14. I've got a 13, an iPhone 13. But for a long time, I had a I had a seven, which I just yep. get. I matter of fact, I haven't even had I my had new. An eight. I haven't had. You had. You had an iPhone. No, I had an Android. Um, yeah, but. Note eight. The, the the numbers don't make any sense in Android because Android bounced around at least. Oh, and and the iPhone. Did. No, no, they've they've skipped a couple numbers, but for the most part, it's it's you know there's there was iPhone one, iPhone two. I mean, there's a history to that. They See, don't even have a button anymore. Well, but and you know what? I thought I would and miss. And it's only one. But I thought I would miss that. I couldn't figure it. No, I thought I would miss that, and I don't. I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where when I first got my phone, the lady was very nice lady. She says, I go, I said to her, I said, I don't know. There's no button on it. No home button. She goes, you'll get used to it. She says, it'll take you like a day and you'll be fine. And she was right. A day later, okay, it I don't miss it. taking me longer than a day. No, day. But I don't understand iPhone. The only reason I would get an iPhone is for iMovie. Yes, that's the one thing that Shelly and I have where I use iMovie all the time, which is a – I can knock out – remember, I used to do this when I used to do my guest speaking out at Logan College. I used to talk to them. Here, here I'm an old guy, and I'm in a class with all these you know, 20 and 30-somethings who are you know, learning to be chiropractors. And what I would show them was – which I still say, you know what's crazy? I had this conversation with someone yesterday, and they were like, okay, you're a radio guy. I go, no, no, no. Do not think of me as a radio guy because throughout my history, I've been like – Wait, and you know, once again, I had a website in 1993, okay? So, you were progressive, but Brad. You've always been progressive. Next year, if I make it that long, in two, 2023, Dude. will be my 50th year in the radio business and my 30th year online. Think about that for a minute. You know, Seriously, next next year is your 50th year? I started in 1973. What, what month? August. Really? Yeah, I can still remember the the lady that gave me my start in the radio business. Her name was Pam Witherow, who ultimately mathered, med, uh, married a guy by the name of Mike Paladin, and Mike Paladin was one of the group of guys. There were a bunch of SIUE grads who, at one point in time, pretty much ran Six Flags. Uh, it was it was Bob Cochin, who was the advertising manager. Who's your dear friend? Uh, Mike Paladin. And Mike Paladin and Pam Witherow dated at college, and then they got married afterwards. I have, I've lost track of Mike. I don't know what happened to Mike. I haven't talked to Pam in years. But I literally walked into her office at WSIE in August of 1973, walked in her office, sat down, and said, I would like to be on the radio. And at the time, WSIE was, and you ready for this? You're going to laugh when I tell you this. WSIE was an NPR affiliate. They ran NPR. And, and you just embraced them with no, open arms. Back then, it sucked back then, too. Because, see, here's the... Oh, Brad. No, here, I'm going to go into my rant here, okay? 
Oh, please, because we love your rants. We have KWMU here in St. Louis, St. Louis Public Radio, okay? It is owned by the University of Missouri, St. Louis. They have a huge budget. They have like 50 people that work there, okay? And right now, they have no live programming. It's all network stuff. You can listen to that station 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's no live programming. So they have this huge staff, and there's nobody on there live anymore. I mean, they used to have one show that ran between noon and one, which was very well done, which I used to listen to all the time. Usually, matter of fact, if you know the story about this, for years it was done by Don Marsh. He used to be a Channel 2 guy. Do you remember this whole story? I don't know which story you're referring to. Don Marsh. This is This was like a big story at the time. Don Marsh who at the time I think was probably in his 80s, but he did a great job with the show. Don Marsh was not in his 80s. Don Marsh is probably, if he's still alive, Don Marsh is probably 90 by now. Oh, he is not. Hold on, let's see if I can find it. You, we're talking the guy, the TV dude here in St. Louis, right? I know who Don Marsh is. Don is up there in years. Don is, I guarantee you, Don is eh. at least at least 80. Eh. Don Marsh, let me see if I can find him. Don Marsh, um, St. Louis... TV. Anyway, uh, <laughs> to give you an idea, um, yeah, here's the story. St. Louis Public Radio. Don Marsh's resignation followed remarks about women that troubled co-workers. You know this weird, weird story? Uh-uh. <laughs> so Don Marsh did this, this show on NPR, on KWMU locally, between, between noon and one. And he had he he did a nice job with it. He had a lot of guests in, and, would, and Don was a great interviewer, very laid back kind of guy. But Don was an old school journalist where Don did his homework on people. When you came in to be interviewed by Don, he had notes and he knew what your history was, and he had asked good questions. And he was a great interviewer because he asked the questions and got the hell out of the way. I mean, sometimes I listen to some of these guys doing interviews right now. There's a guy here in St. Louis radio who drives me crazy, and. There are times I want to call him up and say, dude, let me take you to lunch. You know, and, and boy, boy, look, I'm going to help your career. I'm going to help your career. Because this is how he does an interview. I, let's say I'm, I'm this guy. I won't say who he is. And you, I'm interviewing you. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Now, Shelly, hey, uh, let me ask you about the, the time that you worked for the FAA. Now, I understand before we worked for the FAA, you worked for other things in the government. But before you did that, I understand that your dad used to run the Playboy Club. And you know what? I heard that once upon a time, you used to drive a 65 Cadillac. But, you know, once upon a time, also I heard that you used to wear two left shoes. And then I also heard, and he asked like, 14,000 questions and then and then the guy would you know the the guest would go like okay which one of the, which one of those you want me to answer you know Howard Stern when Howard Stern does an interview a lot of times he asks the it's like the same thing if you watch it Joe Rogan Joe Rogan asks questions and gets the hell out of the way and lets the guest talk there are certain hope there's some national guys there's a guy by the name of a uh, guy who's out of um, what is he, out of Cincinnati Billy Cunningham who is horrible at this. He won't let the guest talk. You know, I mean, a good interviewer, you know, lays out the question and stands back and listens and then answers, asks follow-up questions. Well, you know, you said that that you hated this guy. Why did you hate him? That's the kind of good interview. You know, you know what I'm saying? I do. Okay, so Don Marsh, uh, you know what? I just, it's seven o'clock. I just blew the yep, top Yep, you blew it, buddy. Okay, hold on a minute. Where are we at? Did you blow.com? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike, I saw that the other day. I'm Mike, like, Mike Carter won't go on the air with us. Okay. Yes. Okay, here we go. We'll be back at 7 o'clock. BRB. It is BS.show. Remember that one, Shelly? 
Shelly's not back. Good old Carl Douglas. Yes, Carl Douglas, kung fu fighting. God, <laughs> they don't make music like that anymore. Good thing for that. It is 7.06 uh, BS.show. That's who we are. Uh, we're on the Trimalcast, a 104.5 KSOQ, AM 1350 crap. And 13, or did I give that in 107.1, Westplex 107.1, all three different radio stations. And we're talking about all sorts of crazy stuff. It's Friday. You get to play music that normally don't play. So far, we've talked about the Queen of England passing away. We've talked about Diana, uh, Princess Diana. We've talked about uh, AOL. We've talked about Prodigy. We've talked about crazy stuff going on at other radio stations. Nothing crazy ever happens at this radio station. Right, Shelly? Pretty much. Okay, the smartest woman in the world. How old do you think Don Marsh is? I don't know, but he's not in his 80s. Don Marsh resigned from KWMU in 2019, and he was 80. He's 83. 83. Well, he... Okay. Well, okay, I I get that, because I was quite a bit younger when um, he was on. Okay, Don Marsh is, is not visually, but... His voice is in a big hit movie starring Steven Seagal. You know this story? Um, the Siege? No. Yeah, Under Siege. Yes. Because, and and to me, that's the best. You know, some of the Steven Seagal movies are pretty cheesy. This one is probably the best one. And if you've ever seen it before, it's a really good movie. It's it, it's it's sort of corny. It's got Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Jones plays these great villains. And Tommy, he really does. And Tommy Lee Jones is this terrible villain in this movie. Anyway, it's this, the, the, the story behind the movie is it's the last sailing of the battleship Missouri, our very own state, the Missouri, you know, which played a prominent role in World War II. Matter of fact, the Japanese surrendered on the deck of the Missouri battleship, okay? So, and it's sailing out of, I guess it was sailing, it was sailing out of Honolulu. That's the background of the story. Or maybe it's sailing to Honolulu. I can't remember. And there's a ceremony where, and this is actually actual footage of the Battleship Missouri where it's being like essentially decommissioned. The ship is going to be decommissioned. And Don Marsh is like the news guy in the movie reading the story of the Missouri, where he's like, you're reading a script. And the Missouri was used in World War. He does that kind of shtick, okay? And Don Marsh is like an excellent journalist, okay? So here's the story. He did this show on KWMU for years, from noon to one o'clock. And one time he had as a guest, Karen Foss. You know, Karen Foss used to be the longtime anchor on Channel 5. She used to actually get her hair done at a shop in Clayton that I went to. Right. Okay. So at the time, Karen Foss and Don Marsh were competitors. Because Don Marsh, I believe, was at Channel 2 at the time. And Karen Foss was at Channel 5. Yes. So he has her as a guest. And I'm not kidding. This is a true story. As she walks into the studio to go on the air with Don at noon, because they did the show live, she walks into the studio and Don says, Karen, you look beautiful or something like that. Karen, you look marvelous. Okay. That's what he said to Karen Foss. Once again, these are two two contemporaries. They competed in St. Louis TV during the peak of like, you know, TV news in St. Louis. And he's complimenting her as she walks into the studio. You get what I'm saying so far? I do. His one of the staff members who was in the studio at the time, and there, depending upon which door you read, some people say it was his producer, who was a young twenty-something woman, got upset and went to HR and reported Don Marsh had said derogatory things 
to Karen Foss that you can't tell a woman that she's beautiful. So, and so once again, that's almost the equivalent <laughs> of me saying, "Hi, you look very nice today." Once again, you and can't. And then you saying, "You look very attractive." But completely two different things. But it. But it's the. It's once and, again. It, it, oh, Thirty years ago, nobody would have said anything. Nowadays, oh my God, he called no, her. He called true. her beautiful. He got hey, how terrible is that? He gave her. He gave her a compliment. How terrible is that? We can't compliment people. So, so he got called in to a meeting with the big boss, and essentially he said, "F it, I'm out of here," and quit literally on the spot. Walked out the door, and I'm going like, "Yes, Don, go Don," because. Once again, how stupid is that? And once again, it's not like a woman. He walked up the street and said, hey, babe, you look hot. It's a woman he knew for years who, Yeah, you know, that, that were like, they were like compadres. Right. They were they were competitors. But in, in a lot of industries, you have people, and in our industry, there are people compete back and forth in the radio business. You know, it's like attorneys. You see a tour, tour attorneys at court, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're hashing it out in court. And then that night, they're at CJ Muggs and Clayton, and they've got their arms around each other, and they're drinking beer. You know what I mean? It's like yes, I do. one minute, they're like at each other's throats because that's what they do. And the next minute, they're, they're you know, they're tipping brewskis at CJ Muggs and if you don't know I don't I hope CJ Muggs is still around CJ Muggs used to be in a little building right across the street from the courthouse and then they tore that building down to make the county jail and they moved down to the corner of what is it Carondelet and um, no Bonham Bonham and and Central right there in Clayton ne- a local local restaurant you know once again yes. local restaurant local flavor great hamburgers great chips I see it there all the time haven't been there in a spot matter of fact I'm trying to think what the last time was at CJ Muggs I think it was probably before the the um, I used to go there. Uh, you know, it, what's nice about it is you could come, jump into Clayton, get off there at the Central Avenue off Forest Park Parkway, park on the street. I used to go there in the evening sometimes, eat a burger, sit in the bar, watch TV. You know, that was uh, what an exciting life I lead. Okay, so anyway, Don Marsh quit because he got reported by complimenting um, complimenting Karen Foss. And I'm trying to see. There's an article here. Let me see if I can find that again. I had it. Don Marsh. And and and. So my point I was making was, here's this radio station, KWMU, has this budget, and they do no local programming. And the, the thing that's sad about it is, everything that's on the radio station, yeah, here it is right here, Santa Luis Public Radio. Okay, I'll read the official story. This is on NPR's web website. Don Marsh, the longtime host of St. Louis Public Radio's talk show, resigned after his managers challenged him on at least three occasions about his comments regarding women. March acknowledges he had said things that others consider inappropriate, but he doesn't think he's done anything improper. The veteran journalist's departure has caused a stir in St. Louis, where many listeners of St. Louis on the air have expressed outrage at the station did not try to keep him, and March said he is the victim of an overly sensitive staff. The episode points to the changing standards in an evolving workplace. In an interview, March 80, this is, once again, this is 80, and this is this article was written in... 2019, April 12th of 2019. So he'd be he 83 right now. In an interview, March 80 said talk show managers question how before the March 26th show, he greeted K, KSD. Oh, yeah, this is what he said. KSDK news anchor Karen Foss, a guest in the program by saying, you look good. <laughs> he got fired for saying, Karen Foss, Foss you look good. <laughs> Which is what somebody would say to someone when they were in the same field 
and they hadn't seen each other for years. Now, here's what he said. You here's, look good. Here's his quote. I certainly was angry about it. I felt disrespected, and I felt to a degree humiliated, March said. I'm not a sexist creep, as some people might think, after all the drama over this. The St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom and St. Louis On the Air are in different departments and are not managed by the same leaders. Oh, well, who cares? They're both owned by the University of Missouri-St. Louis. On March 29th, station leaders announced without explanation that Marsh, Marsh was stepping down after 13 years. The next day... Foss posted on Facebook that sources told her the station management reprimanded Marsh after his greeting. The post has been shared more than 1,700 times. Uh, Marsh said Foss wrote the social media post after he said, told her what happened. Station general manager Tim Eby maintains the greeting was not a concern nor a, quote, core point of a meeting during which Marsh resigned, but would not comment what the topic of the meeting was. Now, here's the sad part of this. Tim Eby got forced out as general manager because he supposedly had some staff members say he's a sexist bigot and and, and they got rid of him too so you know man you know i heard i was listening the other day to them and they're you think i should do this they're advertising for for news people and and they're talking about hey they're diverse they're they're looking for diversity in their newsroom okay Guess what? I would really diversity diversitize that newsroom because I'm an old, I'm an old white dude, right? I get, I got a feeling there, there's no old white people in that newsroom, you know. <laughs> but I think '86 is out of their wheelhouse. '87, '87. Yeah, I would be older than Don Marsh. He was 80 when this happened. Okay, um, uh, um. Oh, it goes on to say. Okay, here we go. On March 7th, March, this is March 7th, 19, uh, 2019, Marsh interviewed St. Louis County Executive Steve Stinger, who arrived at the studio with a female assistant. Marsh remembers asking Stinger, can I take her home with me? The next day, Hewer sent, huh. <laughs> Hewer sent an email to Marsh about the remark, which the former boss shared with St. Louis Public Radio reporter along with other emails. Quote, I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but several members of the team have talked to me about your banter with Steve Stinger on Thursday prior to the show and comment drew offense concerning, can you take you home with me about Steve Stinger's aid? Hewer wrote, the mics are routinely on in the control room between noon and 12.06. For mic checks, we should refrain from such comments in the workplace. March said the other members of the talk show team misunderstood his comment and that he was referring to the aid's efficiency, which I get that's what I got. He says, He says that's the kind of person you want to have around you if you're Steve Stinger or anyone else who is an assistant, the former host says. Marsh recalled another, another incident in which interviewing departed St. Louis Public Radio reporter Bob Duffy in 2016. Marsh said that during the interview, Duffy complimented a talk show producer for her help on a story. After the producer entered the studio after the show, Marsh said the two hugged and Marsh told them, hey, guys, get a room. <laughs> Marxists. It was a joking moment. Everybody knew that uh, knew it, it. It blah blah blah. So in other words, he's saying. I would have thought that was hilarious. Well, but what, I, so, so something once I again, say, actually. it's this crap that people don't have a sense of humor anymore. I mean, matter of fact, one, I, I do. I tell them, I'm like, dude, get okay, a room. Okay, so he says to where's the quote again? What does I say? You look good. You look good. <laughs> Thank you, Don. You so. Look- Good too. So let me think. If I just in my daily activity today, if I started going up to women and go, "You look good," no, 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 <laughs> I get. I'd have the police come. Hey, uh, we've got a report that you're harassing women. Well, I'm saying they. I, I walk up to these women. I say, "You look good." Well, sir, that's not allowed anymore. Don't you know this is 2022? You just can't say you look good to women. 
<laughs> Shaking my head, brother. <laughs> God, what's happened to us? I mean, once again, we are a country that is founded on free speech. And and what's what's one of the the what what who's the famous the famous quote? I may not agree with what you said, but I will defend to my death your right to say it. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't do that anymore. It just doesn't work. God, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, if, 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 like if I just go on to if I if I just pick a website, I'm going to CNN right now. Okay. Of course, I'm, there's all sorts of stuff. There's gazillion things on here about about British monarchy. You know, we talked about that. It shows how the who will who who's who in the British royal family line of succession. I told you, talked about the fact that the chances are having another queen for probably won't happen for like 200 years. Blah 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 blah. Queen's personal chef shares funny stories from when they first met. Blah 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 blah. Uh, uh, God, there's all sorts of stuff in there. Okay, here's a story about Dollar General's newest shoppers, people making $100,000 a year. Why is that? See, here's what's interesting about that. Okay, this is CNN. Think about that for a minute, okay? I know people who make a hell of a lot more than $100,000 a year and are the biggest cheapskates in the world. You know, they buy, they buy their... That's why they're rich, Brad. They buy their clothes at Goodwill. You know what I'm saying, Shelly? Well, I do. I mean... I buy my clothes secondhand, but I'm not one of those rich people. And remember... The book that came out years and years and years ago by two professors that researched this called The Millionaire Next Door. The Millionaire Next Door is the guy who lives next to you who drives a sh- you know uh, the 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 most common vehicle driven by millionaires in the United States. You know what that is? Um a Yugo? A Ford F150. That is the most common vehicle driven by millionaires. A Ford F150. Nowadays though. Huh. Nowadays the Ford F150. God, it came out, you know, here we're talking about electric cars. Ford has this new version of the F-150 pickup truck called the Lightning, which is all electric, okay? They've already raised the price $8,000 because the batteries are getting more expensive. A base Ford Lightning is now over $80,000, okay? Once upon a time in my lifetime, I drove out of Dave Sinclair Ford with a brand new F-150 that I paid $7,800 for. Brand new. I was a stripper. It was a three-speed, you know, on the floor, three-speed transmission. You were a stripper? No, I no. I can so see the, that. The, no wonder you like glitter. The truck was a, fl- a stripper. Wasn't, oh, it my wa- bad. It Ooh, wasn't an extended sorry. cab. It was a huh. regular cab, eight-foot bed, brand-new truck, white, you know, had rubber floor mats, the whole bit. I bought a beautiful – I traded that one in and bought a beautiful F-150 that it had on special. Another brand-new one, red, five-speed manual. God, I love that truck. Had the had the famous six hundred uh, three hundred six cylinder inline uh, engine. God, they were easy to work on. I paid ninety nine ninety five at Dave Sinclair Ford, brand new, in my lifetime. Nineteen nine ninety five. No nine thousand nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Oh, a dollar okay. under ten thousand dollars. I could have gone in and paid cash and not been reported to the IRS, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> anyway, uh, God, it's just gotten like out of hand. I mean, like what, you know, the expense of cars and things like that. And that's the crazy thing. You see these people like, well, you know, like the, the, oh, you should go out and buy a Tesla. First off, A, you can't find them. B, find me a Tesla now under $60,000. 
even the Model 3s, which they claim have a sticker price of $39.95 or whatever, $39.995, there are none of those available. It's like when you see these ads, car ads, hey, come in right now, and we've got this special car. It's only $14.995. And you go and you go, hey, I want that. Oh, that's gone. We sold it. But we've got this one over here. It's only $32,995. I wanted the 14000 one. No, we don't have any more of those. Those are all gone. Those are gone. And if you notice, now so they, they don't get in trouble with the FTC, they put stock number, and when you go there, it's always sold. You know what? You know who I got to call? I thought about this the other day. Who are you going to call? I've interviewed him before in the air, and I don't, th- I, th- I don't know if he still works there. Ted Stahl. The general sales manager at... Um, you know what? I don't know if he still works there either. Because the last time I was in there, I bought my car from them. And the last time I was in there, he was not there. And he's always there. Yeah, but he you know, he has a day off. Because they, you know, they they're open six days a week. And, and, and typically, Are they allowed that? Yeah, typically the... If you know, if the car, you know the car business, the way it used to be, the managers all took off Thursday. Don't ask me why, but they but they were all go play golf on Thursday. That was the day when all the managers were off. And I don't know if I, I'll call. I'll call when I get off the air and see if I can. Because I want to find out. Because the reason I ask this is I saw an ad the other day for Ford talking about, hey, don't even have to go to the dealership anymore. You can order your order your car online. I'm going like, whoa, this is interesting. You know, they're essentially saying that you don't even have to go to the dealer anymore. You can just go online and order your new car. I'm going like, okay. So see, that's exactly the way Tesla works. You don't go into a dealership. You order it online. You buy it online. That's the whole thing. If you remember the whole story when Tesla first came into Missouri, that was the big fight they had. That that you know that that there's a law in the state of Missouri that states that you can't buy cars directly from the manufacturer. You have to go through a dealer. And I don't know how Tesla got around that. And I assume that what they're doing with this deal with Ford is that what they're doing is you order online, but you have to take delivery at a dealer. You have to pick a dealer. So in other words, if you order online, you have to say, okay, pick I'll pick a dealer, any dealer. I'll pick this dealer and I'll pick it up there, that kind of stuff. But see, God, the business is changing. Everything's changing. The, Everything know, is the, changing. The, the, the COVID thing, and you know what bothers me about this? And not that I, I, it's not that people did well. I run into people all the time that tell me the best thing for their business was the COVID lockdown. Depending on what type of business well, you're exactly. in, that is absolutely correct. If you're, if you're in the restaurant business, you got your butt kicked. I mean, there's so many restaurants. The trades, jamming. Right, right. If you're a carpenter, a plumber, you know, electrician, yep. a, a handyman, you had more work than you know what to do with. And you still do. It's crazy. Yeah, we actually, um, during COVID, we actually had a handyman. And then we ordered, we ordered, we um, got another handyman. But they wanted like $60 per man hour. But see, you're the perfect example. You did all sorts of work in your house during the shutdown. I did. Right. I did a COVID makeover. Right. And so did a lot of other people. That's why when you go to Home Depot for a while, you go to Home Depot, a two by four was almost $10. Yep. It's like, okay, hold on. Like uh, six months ago, I think I paid $2.30 for that two by four. Now it's 10. There's still things like, for example, I used to be able to buy, I bought a piece, I don't know, a month or so ago. Three-quarter inch conduit, 10-foot section, okay? I used to buy that for a couple bucks. Matter of fact, you can, uh, if, if Caleb, we had Caleb call in. Matter of fact, Caleb, if you want to call me, I'll put you on the air. If you're listening, 314-280-8880. Caleb is the co-owner of Extreme Electrical, great electrical contracting company here in the St. Louis area. And I think the last time I bought a piece of conduit, it was almost $10, three-quarter inch. My son, who works for a plumbing supply company, for a while, they couldn't get any pipe. 
if you know, I mean, they couldn't get any of the PVC pipe. They couldn't get what they call. Uh, we don't have it too much in this area, but in Florida, it's big. That's where he lives. It's called um, uh, PEX, P-E-X, which is this plastic tubing they use. You don't see it too much in the St. Louis area, but and mainly because of building codes. But in Florida, that's pretty much how they 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 plumb all the houses is with PEX tubing. And for a while, you couldn't get PEX. You couldn't get PVC pipe. You couldn't get any kind of pipe. You know, you couldn't get drain pipe. You couldn't. And it's like okay. And then when you could get it, once again, I used to be able to buy half inch PVC Schedule 40, uh, you know, uh, pipe at one of the big box stores for like a buck eighty. I think it's like ten dollars now. So it's like, okay, explain that to me. How did it go from like a buck eighty to ten dollars in two years? Well, it's just the way things are. Things are hard to get nowadays. Yeah, that's what they always say. It's, it's just the way things are. Just the way things are. You know that you know why that was because yeah, bite me. Because Don Marsh said to a woman, he said to Karen Foss, You look good. Look good. So therefore we had to raise the <laughs> prices of everything. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. It's poor old Don Marsh. You know, I bet if I called him he wouldn't go on the air with me. Although I did hear him do it a couple interviews after that. And everybody, I mean, once again, here's a guy who was a respected newsman and he gets fired because... Well, loved, actually. Right. I mean, and once again, a guy who never did anything wrong. You know, nope. he, he never got caught driving drunk. He never got caught, you know, uh, you know, you know, snorting cocaine in in the backseat of a of a of a Rolls Royce in in a one Memorial Drive in downtown St. Louis between Newscasts and Channel Four. <laughs> Do you know that story? No. <laughs> I'll tell you that story sometime. One of my friends okay. one of my friends worked at Channel Four. <laughs> and one of the anchors, a very known anchor at the well at the time, who was married and had like three kids, he was having an affair with a woman from Ladue, and between huh. the, the between the now, what difference does it make if she's in Ladue or not? Because she had money and she showed up at the radio station in a Rolls Royce. That's how it made difference. There aren't too many people who live like in Noco or or St. Peter's or 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 Oakville who driving around a, in a in a Rolls Royce. You know what I mean? So yeah, I haven't seen a Rolls Royce in a long time. However, with that said, comma, because you mentioned it. I'll probably see three today. So this lady would show up between the 6 and 10 o'clock newscast, and this particular newscast would go in the parking garage, and they would have, shall we say, intimacy in the parking garage after they did a couple lines of coke. <laughs> and you think I'm kidding? I'm not. 728. It is BS.show. <laughs> oh, Curtis Blow. <laughs> you you s- are playing some really... I think that you peeked at my playlist. You said you last week. Uh, you say last week you made the perfect guy, and he promised you the stars in the sky. He said his Cadillac was gold, but he didn't tell you it was ten years old. He took you out to the red coach, the red coach grill, but he forgot the cash, and you paid the bill. And he told you the story of his life, but he forgot the part about his wife. Ha ha! These are the breaks. What a classic song, <laughs> Curtis Blow. You know, he's like a minister now. You know this about him. I didn't, but that doesn't surprise he's me. Like, he's like one of the founding fathers of rap and hip-hop. Did you know this about him? I I, I can see that, He's actually. still, I believe he's still producing. He was born in 1959, so he's not all that old. He's he's 63. Um, 
career. I'm go to the very end of his career. It says, in 2016, Curtis Blow appeared in a documentary on the evolution of hip hop, Hip Hop Evolution, hosted by Canadian rapper and broadcaster Shad. The series profiled the history of hip hop music through the interviews with many of the genre's leading cultural figures. The series was produced by Russell Peters, Scott McFadden, Sam Dunn, Nelson George, who won the 2016 Peabody Award and the 2017 International Emmy Award for Best Arts Programming. The series has been pro- broadcast on Netflix. Let's see if I can find that. Um, he became an ordinate, ordained minister on August 16, 2009, founder of the Hip Hop Church in Harlem, <laughs> the Hip Hop Church. Curtis serves as rapper, DJ, worship leader, and licensed minister. Now, the interesting thing about that is I think that's a mistake because in the United States, at least in Missouri, you don't have to have a license to be a minister. And the reason for that is essentially the separation of church and state. Because why is do I, do I know that? Because I am a minister. <laughs> I am Reverend Brad, yes. Yes, you are. Uh, How many people have you married? I don't know, six or seven, something like that. <laughs> They've all been, and every last one has a weird story, except for one or two of them. All, like one of them was, and it's a true story, one of them was, and I won't say who it was who called me because I don't want to embarrass her. I got a call like on a Wednesday. Hey, are you still a minister? Yes. Can you do a wedding on Saturday? I go, nothing like advanced planning, huh? So it's Wednesday, you're calling me for a marriage on... Yeah, it's a long story. Can you do it? Yes. Can you do a rehearsal on Friday night? Yes. Okay, fine. (laughs) That was actually a weird story. That was actually a sad story. I felt sorry for the couple because what happened was the couple realized that their minister had double booked himself. He'd booked two weddings at the exact same time and the exact same date. Well, the... the, my first wedding, Tiffany's father, yeah. biological father, the minister forgot. Really? And he didn't show up? No. So what happened? We, did... we waited for him to show up. And he finally got there? Yes. How long did you wait? About an hour and a half. Wasn't that an omen? <laughs> um, clearly it was. <laughs> Shouldn't you have said? But <laughs> I'm glad I disregarded it because... I got Tiffany, and she's pretty much an amazing human. So in other she's words, what I aspire to be when I grow up. You know, you know, I'd call her and and quiz her down about that, but I'd probably wake her up, wouldn't I? No, she's on. She's actually at work. She's at work. She's working yeah, today. She's working today. So she's back at work then. Yeah, she's been back to work. Really? She just doesn't have a full um, nine to five. Who takes care of the baby when she's at work? Uh, the other parental mama. Oh, no kidding. Grandma. Oh, no kidding. Nana. So interesting. So, okay. Actually, Chris was supposed to watch her yesterday, but he went golfing. And so mom, so the Nana watched her. Okay. What's wrong with that? If a guy is supposed to watch his kid and all of a sudden somebody, hey, buddy calls, hey, let's go play golf. Okay, fine. I don't have to watch my kid. What's wrong with that? Explain that to me. Um, Because he... <laughs> did it the night before and he knew about it and didn't tell her oh okay uh i don't have a problem with that yeah well <laughs> that's you brad well i actually <laughs> what's interesting about that is i'm trying to pat myself on the back that that um you know what's remember remember the inquisition remember the inquisition yes i do and when someone asked me if i had any kids i had four kids and one lady said you have four kids remember that <laughs> like like like, it shocked somebody that I had four kids. 
Right? I, you know what? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, why is that so hard? I'm, did you say yes? I'm Brad the dad. <laughs> why does that? And at one point in time, at one point in time, when my three nieces were younger, I used to take my four kids and my three nieces, I used to take seven of them out. I had I had a van at the time. Matter of fact, you know, my, my wife had a van, so I would Down switch by the river. I would switch cars with her and I would pack and it was you know, it was like it, it was like it had you know, three seats, three you know, three row seating and the whole bit. So I could legally have me so I could you know, it was like a nine passenger van. So I could put eight people in it. Me me and and my my four kids and my three nieces. And we used to go to like we used to go to like the monster truck shows and stuff like that. God, you know, back in the day. You know, if, if my if my niece Christy is listening right now, <laughs> who gets mad at me because of the fact that, that <laughs> she says she's not concerned about about retiring. She's a school teacher, but yet if I say to her, "Hey, Christy, when are you going to retire?" She can give me years, months, days, and hours, minutes, and seconds. You know what I mean? Not like she's looking forward to it. Well, you know, when we were over at Freddie's yesterday, this gentleman, I said. You're a painter, aren't you? And he goes, no, I actually used to own the compost over, you know, in Connellville, the compost place. And he goes, all I can tell you is don't retire completely. Well, there's. I said, see that man over there? He agrees with you wholeheartedly. I'm telling you, you know, I get I get into trouble when I talk about to people about this, especially when I bring the religion thing in. These people, are, oh, I'm a devout Christian, and you're retired, you're a sinner. What? You call me a sinner? That's not true. Yes, if you if you're a Christian and you retired, you're a sinner. That's that that's actually not true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Whatever, Brad. It's true. It's not true. So because, stop it. Because it's not. What? What do most retired people say? It's all about me. I can do whatever I want whenever I've I want to. I've never heard that at all. I hear it all the time. It's like the same old thing. I can do whatever I want. It's all about me. I can I can wake up in the morning and do whatever I want. If I, don't, if I want to stay in bed all day long, I can do that. Okay, you're well, selfish. Well, I could do all that stuff too, but this is where I choose to be. It's all about choices. <sighs> Boy. Uh, Seriously. I, I choose... To be with Westplex 107.1 and KSLQ. You poor guy. Okay. Dude. Um, okay. See, that proves my point. Okay. Because I, 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 I gotta, you do not see me as a female, as a woman. That's because I'm not Don Marsh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny man. Okay. Who knew a DJ and a comedian? Do you know who Carlton Funderburk is? I Do I need to? He's senior pastor at the church in at the well in Kansas City, okay? And this is a true story, and you think okay. I'm kidding about that. On his August 7th sermon, he chastised the congregation. Why did he chastise them? Why? Because they didn't buy him a luxury Movado watch. <laughs> okay. When, when they didn't... He spent his August 7th sermon chastising them. Funderburg blasted his congregation for not buying him the watch. He called them poor, broke, busted, and disgusted. (laughs) There's a video of it, too. I mean, if you think I'm kidding, (laughs) he says, this is how I know you're still poor, broke, busted, and disgusted because of how you've been honoring me. I'm not worth your McDonald's money. I'm not worth your Red Lobster money. I ain't worth your St. John nits. Y'all can't afford know-how. I ain't worth y'all Louis Vuitton. I ain't worth your Prada. I'm not worth your Gucci. 
He said he asked the congregation for the watch a year ago, and he, and he quote, still ain't got it. Thunderbird reminded the congregation that a Movado watch can be bought at the discount shopping exchange Sam's Club. It all, it you know, all, I don't even know how I feel about what he was saying. It all seemed like the church. Have you ever seen this before? No. I've seen this before. I've seen this on YouTube before. There's this 1996 comedy film called Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. It's a pretty funny movie. In a scene, a scandalous preacher is not only openly flirting with women in his choir, but he's urging his congregation to donate a large amount of money to the church. No questions. Just give the money, he directed. So, so, huh. so here, literally, Sounds this like preferable dollar. This is this is for real. This, if you watch this this video, he's in front of the church and he's and he's going up to people and he's literally saying, like, here's the quotes. He said, he said he's walking up to a woman. He says, here, let me. Where's the quote again? I lost it. Oh my stupid phone. Now I went to something about you know baby feet or something like that. Anyway, um, it's not. We won't talk about that anymore. But. <laughs> By the way, what Westplex.social, we got to take a break here. Westplex.social is back up with new server. Hopefully, it should be working fine. And I just posted, you ready for this, Shelly? Sure. Of course, Shelly's the the Facebook queen, and she spends all her time on Facebook. I put up our own, oh my our gosh. own Westplex.social Dude. site, and she never looks wah, at it. Wah, wah. Because you want some cheese with that wine? Because you know why? You, I know you don't look at it. Because if you knew what's I up do there, look at it. okay, if you knew what's up there right now, you would go. Because you know what I've got up there right now. What? We, have, we have to take a break. I got a picture of my Woody up there right now. It's seven forty-five. <laughs> the classic James Brown interview. <laughs> Every time I hear that, it cracks me up. Because if you know the start of the interview, the start of the interview is he's being interviewed by Sonia on CNN who is the entertainment reporter, but she starts out the interview with pictures of him in handcuffs being arrested for beating up his wife, okay? Nothing funny about that, and she's trying to be very serious about it. And she, they show the, the pictures of him being escorted into the police car in handcuffs, yada, 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 yada. And then they have him, and she tries to do a serious interview with him, and it just goes sideways on her. He's just, because he's so high, he doesn't know where he's at. And you have to watch the whole interview because it starts out very seriously where she's asking questions about, you know, you've been accused of, you know, beating up your wife and he's just like making fun of her, you know, and he's just not taking it seriously. So finally the interview deteriorates into, and he just, at one point in time, he gets up and starts to walk off and she goes, wow, where are you going? Where are you going? And he says, he says, hey, I want to say hi to Ted Turner with the time who owns CNN. God, it's so bizarre. People like that. And there's still a guy. Do you know the story about the CNN reporter? No. There's a CNN reporter to this day who's doing investigative journalism. And I've read some of the stuff, and it is pretty interesting, about he claims that James Brown was murdered. And he has all this. There's probably not a lot of. Not a, that's there's probably a lot of truth to that. And he has all this this research he's done, all these interviews he's done, talk about how he was murdered because you know apparently he did he did somebody wrong, some person, and, and supposedly there's somebody well somebody wrong. Song. It's it's sort of a weird story. Supposedly it was something to do with I don't know. It's it's very complicated, but there's all sorts of weird you know twists and turns to the story and stuff like that but 
you know, and and one point in time, he owned radio stations. Did you know this about him? James Brown owned radio radio stations, and he got I, his he got his license yanked by the FCC because, you know, the rule book. He threw that out the window. He just did whatever the hell he wanted. You know, I mean, top of the hour ID. We there are several people who do that. Well, not like him. He was the worst. You know, he broke every rule in the book, literally every rule in the book. And it got to the point where the FCC inspectors came and like he didn't at the time, the rules were much different than they are right now uh, because of technical. Back in the day, they're very, very complicated technical regulations because the transmitters back in the day were very hard to maintain. Yeah, they literally had somebody work on them every day. There's transmitters today that you can buy, that you can put in the rack, turn on, and come back two years later and they work just fine. And there's nothing that's changed. Plus, you don't have to go to the transmitter side anymore. You got it all in telemetry. Matter of fact, you have it on your phone. You can look at, you know, you know what the transmitter is doing. Like everything nowadays, you know, you you can look at your thermostat. You look at, you know, you know, you can, you know, everything's on your phone now. Anyway, back in the day. <sighs> back in the day. When things, when a day when things were easier and pre, people to have problems. Things, it was a simpler life. I'm not going to lie. Okay, here we go. This is going to make my story. There's a guy owns a company. His name is he runs a construction company. It's called Harrison and Burroughs, B-U-R-R-O-W-E-S. His name is Chris DiStefano. He's the owner and chief operating officer of Harrison and Burroughs. He is hiring people out of high school for $47 an hour. He has a program that, and he wants you to graduate from high school. He has a program where you graduate from high school and then you do a summer internship with him. You complete an- Does that mean you get paid? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You complete a summer apprenticeship for the company. You graduate from high school, uh, you and you, if you graduate from high school, he wants you to graduate. After you graduate from high school, he gives you a summer apprenticeship program, and he pays up to forty-seven dollars an hour, depending on what the job is. Right out of high school, forty-seven dollars an hour after they complete a summer apprenticeship for the company. If they work out, they're hired full time and they get a raise. Now, here's the interesting thing. You know what kind of construction he does? What kind? And they show pictures of the construction work. This is the thing that some people would say, well, of course, nobody wants to do that. He he rebuilds bridges. He has contracts with, you know, like counties and cities and states, not too many states, but mainly counties and cities that don't have their own construction crews and things like that. And he repairs and rebuilds bridges. So it's heavy construction work, you know, heavy iron a lot of cranes, a lot of dangling over rivers and things like that. You know, I mean, they show pictures of these crews working on rivers. They're in fall protection harnesses. They're, you know, hanging onto an I-beam and stuff like that. But once again, the apprenticeship pays up to $47 an hour. And then after the apprenticeship's over and you go full-time. That's if you work out. And now the problem is, and you read through the article, it talks about that a lot of times people don't make it through the apprenticeship because it's too hard to work. It's too hard. We don't want to work that hard. <laughs> Which is probably true. <laughs> and um, and he says that, that if you complete the, he says, quote, when they come on, they can come on at 18 years old and make a steady wage and have a sustainable career going forward. 
Uh, it says we're taking. There's a lot of trades companies that are doing that. We're taking it very seriously and doing all the things on our end to make a sustainable future. The construction company focuses on building, maintaining, and repairing bridges at a competitive rate. The decision for high school graduates to forego college can be made for many reasons. However, in many cases, having a college degree has been shown to pay off in the long run. Not in my case. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> and you need to stop that. I need to because stop what? It's, it's very impressive. Uh, a man. A papered man is very impressive and quite sexy. I've got a master's degree, a bachelor's degree, halfway through a bachelor of science degree with my meteorology thing, which I didn't finish. Um, actually tried to go to law school at one point in time. Nobody gives a poop, Shelley. That's not true. It's true. When I tried to get hired. No, it's not when I, true. Well, then why wouldn't they hire me at Outback? Because it was age discrimination, <laughs> which they're closed. Well, they moved. They moved out to Floodville. Excuse me, St. Peter's. Where? They moved. They're out there in, 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 in they're like in the new area on the opposite side of 70 from Mid Rivers Mall. They built a new place. They did? Oh, yeah. It's been there for a couple years now. Don't you ever drive? Oh, well, That's they, right. might mar- <clears throat> they might marry you. That's right. They might hire you now. That's right. You drive by there doing 100 miles an hour, so you don't actually see anything when you're going that fast. Oh, my God. Everything's just a blur to show really? 100 miles an hour in 70. Hey, guess what? <laughs> what? It's seven fifty-seven. Are we going to say goodbye? <sighs> Do I? You know, the smartest woman in the world says she's tired of hearing, hearing uh, Andre Pacelli and Sarah Brightman. So I've been playing. You know what? Let's play the commercials. I'll play the last song. I'll I'll figure out what I'm going to play as the last song, and then we'll say our goodbyes. How's that? Okay. And you know what else I'll do? Because what will of you do? because of the fact that as of three weeks ago, you go to the stores and there's Halloween stuff in the stores. There is. I'm going to be the first guy in the country to essentially do something. You ready for this? Sure. Oh, it's a Salvation Army bell. That's right. So when you see the kettles, <laughs> I'm going to be the first guy to tell you this. When you see the kettles, put some money in the kettles. Okay. Right. Yes. And they also take, um, they have QR codes. Right. And the QR codes go to me. It's 758. not. What a talented guy like him. I mean, you know, they don't make him like anymore. Well, sort of they do. No, they really don't. Michael Bublé is sort of like in the same class, but God. Yeah. You know, you know what I say about you know what I say about him? Who? Sammy Davis Jr. What's that? I will cuss. What I do? What does it say? I will cuss. I didn't understand it. I'm sorry. Don't oh. make me come down there. Yeah, I do that to my puppy. Or I'm gonna get the thingy. I'm going to get yep, the thingy. the buzzer thingy. She had do on hers. No, 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 no. Molly Moo. No, 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 no. I'm actually kind of smart, but not really. No, 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 no. Okay, we've had enough drops. It's Friday. Or I'm going to get the thingy. She had do on hers. Don't make me come down there. I will cuss. Look, everybody's entitled to be an idiot. She had do on hers. Are you feel better? Oh, Did this do. like round out your week? I could do a few more. Oh my oh. goodness! Oh. I have two shotguns at home. I can't. It's a long story, but I not oppose the guns. Boop. His wife is beautiful. I... It's got a little place, and you hover over the dog, and it says boop. And if you boop their nose, you can donate a dollar. Boop. And if you boop their nose, you can donate a dollar. You can sit there and and fork someone. He's got a very small head for such a big body. Someone needs to grab that little. I don't even know who that was about, but it was true.
Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. <laughs> There's some really lousy cops. There's some really lousy doctors. There's some really lousy lawyers. I mean it. <laughs> wow. I will cuss. Okay, we're done. Are we done? We're done. Everybody, have a great weekend. Brad, it's been a slice of heaven as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But whatever um, you say. Yes, it's it's just I love being on the air with you, Brad. You poor girl. It just really completes my day. You poor girl. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace and I fly. What was that again? Have a great day, everybody. Peace and I fly. What'd you say again? It's not going to happen. I will cuss. She had due on hers. I'm going to get the thingy. Don't make me come down there. I'm actually kind of smart, but no, 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 let him go. No, 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 let him go. I will cuss. No, they threw him out. Okay. Talk, yeah. talk to you on Monday, 8.06. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.